This is I Don't Know What to Tell You. I'm Kat. I'm Michelle. And we're going to tell you things. Back here in the improvised podcasting room. Um, We're recording a little earlier today, so maybe we sound like we have a bit more of a daytime vibe, a bit more of a morning show, a bit more of a Regis and Kelly, Regis and Kathy Lee. (laughs) I think we're just going to sound a lot less tired. That's my impression. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And our topic this week was we wanted to talk about some local businesses that aren't around anymore, which we wish were still around. Because I feel like I've, I've been in this city now for 10 years, and a lot of businesses have come and gone. And we've gone to a lot of these places together and formed a lot of memories around them, and they didn't last forever, and it was actually kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them were also just very, it's a different vibe than going to a big place, you know? Exactly. You actually get really attached to the owners. I think we knew all these owners, like, well, most of them, we kind of got to know almost personally, you know? Well, this is down to you. You have so many nice, casual conversations with people that I feel like we got to know the people who run places so well. Well, yeah. I mean, we're also there a lot, to yeah. be fair. <laughs> um, we're, so you were going to do the first one, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, I suppose. But this one's kind of meaningful to both of us, but I'll start it. it. Yeah, go for it. Um, so there was this little place called Cactus uh, downtown. And it was um, like a bubble tea place, but it also served uh, like Chinese fast food. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's another place there now. So it's in terms of actually providing the service, like it's still going. Right next to the Concordia uh, library building. Yeah. So like you step out of the library building and it's right there. And there's a hostel right above it. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of like, if you just want a bubble tea and some like popcorn chicken, like you can still, right. you can still go there, but it's, it's under a different management and uh, like a lot of the menu has changed and the, the decor has changed. Right. And um, like, I started going there long before you did. Right. I think I, I was, I was a regular for several years beforehand, but it was my go-to study place before mm-hmm. class. Because they would let you get a bubble tea, and they'd let you get a few sides, and then you could just kind of sit there. And they had this really nice big screen right, uh, yes. in the middle of, <laughs> of the place. And uh, they would play, like, um, all kinds of videos, like C-pop, J-pop, K-pop. Right. And it was really cool, because, like, at the time, this was before it became popular right. uh, in North America. Right. And so it was kind of my first exposure to to this yeah. kind of to this kind of music and to the music videos and to the artists, and so it was really cool because you'd like sit there and and have yourself a nice bubble tea and you'd order a few sides and you'd study and and get to watch things that like you you it was like an introduction to like a whole different musical genre right and the whole atmosphere was really really cool they had these board games on the side so yeah. you could just kind of if you were there with someone you could just use the board games right. and. It didn't feel like nobody was pushing you out the door. Nobody yeah. was rushing it was, you. It was one of the first places I'd been to where they were like totally comfortable with the idea of you studying there and right. hanging out there for a while. And what was our story with it? It was sadness noodles, right? You're, you're totally not even telling the story. <laughs> well, I, well, I forgot. What? Oh. The story is oh, right. we were taking Latin class together. And I would show up early, and there was this freaking dude named Augustin who was always there early with me, who I didn't really want to talk to most of the time, but who kept wanting to talk to me. And then eventually, he asked me on a date to this... Not fair. <laughs> I wanted to talk to everybody. <laughs> okay. Um, and eventually, this guy and I went to on a date to Cactus, and I found out that Augustin is actually only his, like, stranger name. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and his, his like name he uses more often is Catalin, 
And yeah, and that was how we had our first date. Yeah. Well, and we're I'm, coming I, up on the, the 10th anniversary of that day, this coming December 1st. I, I didn't know we wanted to talk about that. That's that was literally why I wanted us to talk about it. Well, okay. I mean, it's <laughs> not like I forgot, obviously. Well, it's, it's a pretty it's, important thing. It's like that's, that's one of the primary reasons why I miss it is because that was what yeah. it was. I guess I'm just a little bit bashful, too. And I mean, we like we had our first real, I think, argument there yeah. and while I was eating some noodles. And so from then on, there were sadness noodles. Dumped it, sadness noodles. <laughs> but in fact, there was a lot more happy memories than yeah. <laughs> bad ones. Yeah, I really enjoyed it there. I remember once going in without you and buying a meal. And I made, I afforded that meal because I had just sold a textbook that I still kind of needed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so. oh boy. <laughs> um, but so, it was yeah. that affordable. It was that affordable. <laughs> So that was it. I miss them. I'm glad there's still a place that's kind of... I mean, there's no shortage of bubble tea places around there. It was no, just that it was it was ours, you know? Well, I also feel like what they were offering at the time... Like, there weren't that many bubble tea places, you know? Right. There weren't that many, like, Chinese fast food places where you can get some, like, nice, like, fried tofu. Just right. a side dish and sit there. And, of course, like, you know, again, the whole atmosphere. It wasn't something that was provided. I feel like now it's kind of caught on and people realize that it's, like, a good model or whatever. Mm-hmm. But... I think that at the time it really stood out for me and I kind of just missed the fact that it was a special place, you know? Right. And I guess, uh, yeah, that was, that was cactus. I mean, moving on from there, we still have something sort of in the similar area. Um, it was right in the the building they called the Faubourg, which was sort of like an unofficial second campus for Concordia. A couple of my classes were in there in the top floor, basically across from this really sad post-apocalyptic food court. They also, I, have, uh, they also have a lot of stuff in the basement. Like, that place is, like, Yeah, weirdly... and they had classes in the basement, too. Yeah. I had classes in the sub-basement, which was, like, this windowless hell. <laughs> um, and it was just, like, this weirdly not very well-maintained building where there were lots of, like, closed-off storefronts. Mm. It's a little nicer now, um, but not really. <laughs> no, but, I mean, at the time, it felt really yeah. strange. And there was, like, this weird back passage that was all, like, plywood. It was, it was really strange. Anyway, in the food court upstairs, you would get food there as a Concordia student because it was close to your classes. <laughs> and um, you and I, we would go to this place called Cuisine Bangkok. And uh, they, they almost don't make the list because they still exist. They've just moved. They're in a pretty nice location in the gay village right now. And so anytime we're up there, we stop by. Yeah. Um, but they were basically in this very unpretentious little area of the food court. It was, it was like a little dusty and a little dirty looking, and it didn't necessarily look like they'd be selling right. good food, but they sold the most legit Thai food I have <laughs> ever had in my life. Right. And it was like really hearty, really spicy, only took cash, because that's the rule if you're a really yeah. good restaurant, you yeah. only take cash. Um, and so I think I, I would walk up there and my order would be chicken eggplant, medium spicy. And that would be a risk every time because their medium spicy yeah. was like really spicy. <laughs> Um, and they'd give it to you on a tray, and you'd roll it down, and there'd be open jars of soy sauce and spicy sauce to just spoon over I your meal. That, yeah. <laughs> and you'd eat in this really sad food court, but it wouldn't matter because the food would be so good. It was so strange, too, because the only way you could tell it was a legit place was the line. There was always a line. Like, yeah. you would walk right past it. If there was no line, you wouldn't think twice about it, but there was always a line. So you're like, wow, this place has to be. Yeah. What, what's going on with this place? Because everything else, like every other store. Next to it was like closed. There was yeah, like a closed half place, the time. Like, and, yeah. yeah, this place was always open. It was right across from a Dollarama, <laughs> which I guess was the other busiest thing in there. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was just really legit. And it, like it had almost its own atmosphere to it. Like you sort of got into the spirit of it after a while, and you're like, oh yeah, and you recognize the people there. And they had a little like shrine area up mm-hmm. near the 
the um the cash yeah and they had buddhas and things all wrapped in saran wrap so they right. wouldn't get greasy yeah. and like little offerings of food in front of them yeah and it was just i don't know it felt really homey after yeah. a while I like how seriously all the customers took it, though. Like, if you were in line, like, you got your order and you moved. You put your sauce on and you moved. That's true. It was total soup Nazi territory. (laughs) Like, everyone knew exactly what to do. I think we were all regulars at some point. (laughs) Whoever was going to go there knew about it and knew the protocol and you didn't didn't fuck around. Um, and yeah, and I mean, I will say when we went to the, to their new restaurant, it, the food is still exactly the same. Oh, it's, it's, it's still amazing. Yeah, yeah. And they have like a slightly broader menu now. That's the thing. It's, yeah. it's, I, I dare say it's even better yeah. because and they like, actually have a bigger space. And yeah. You get to sit down and there's like yeah. some nice decor and yeah. So they're saying long live cuisine Bangkok. Mm-hmm. I hope they have many, many more years. But I, I do miss the fast food format. I do. I do. miss just being able to get in line and being like, I want this. And then and walking out. And it was cheap with... too. It was like less mm-hmm. than $10, which you yeah. usually don't get for Thai food. Usually no. you're, you're around $14 for no. good Thai food. So, yeah. It's like, I want to call it street food, but it wasn't. It was it like wasn't. amazing. Oh, I, I miss it so much. I miss the sear they would get on that eggplant. They would mm-hmm. get the perfect like black brown sear on it. Oh, Anyway, um, and then there was another place that we went to regularly during university, which I'll hand over to you. I'm still angry about that. I know. <laughs> I'm still angry about it. I, I'm, I'm furious. Okay, so there's this place, there was this place called Taybar, and it was in the underground mall. Mm-hmm. And it was... Um, I think specifically it was near like, Complex Les Elles. Yeah. It was like toward McGill Metro. It was across from like uh, EB and stuff. Yeah. So basically between classes, there wasn't a lot to do. And like you wouldn't want to go home because mm-hmm. what's the point? You have to come all the way back downtown. Right. So you'd just wander downtown and maybe you'd go in the underground mall because it's winter and there's no point in being out in the snow. So we'd visit EB and we'd visit like chapters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there was this tea place. Um that was called Taybar, and it was competing with David's Tees. And, yeah, and, and David's like Tees, as I guess is pretty evident, won out. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, and we learned the story behind that later. Yeah. But, yeah, and so, but we didn't go to David's Tees. Like, it wasn't our scene. No, but I mean, David's Tees was also, like, super, like, crowded all the time. Yeah. And, and I like, Taybar just had better better quality things, I found. Yeah. I found. Um, so I got really addicted to matcha. Mm-hmm. That was your first real matcha experience. Yep, and yeah. it was my first big, like, addiction. Now it's coffee but like at the time they this was like matcha with a whisk and like Mm -hmm. they prepared it all properly it wasn't just like a matcha mix or something and they they added like uh the different different flavored syrups and everything so it was like always an experience and uh well inevitably we wound up befriending everybody you wound up befriending it this is what you do you go to a business you like and you do not stop going there and you learn everybody's names and you learn their life stories and then after a while occasionally they'll actually just become your friends yeah well <laughs> like we well, had a starbucks near us that for a while like they just started coming over to our house like just, <laughs> right i forgot about that <laughs> that was just where we got friends right we were just like oh yeah just buzz up whatever it's <laughs> we're fine. just over here yeah. whenever you're done your shift just <laughs> but yeah i mean uh where was I going with this? Yeah, it was it was a very special place, basically because they offered something different. And again, you got to remember at the time, like tea places were not big. It was just like David's Teas, and that's it. Or yeah. you got coffee at Starbucks. David's Teas was growing, but it wasn't a big thing yet. This was way before anybody knew what kombucha was. Yeah. This was way before yeah, yerba mate. Way way pre kombucha was popular. This was like 2010. Yeah, yeah. And they they were offering like a little bit of everything, and mm-hmm. they were like like a, a nice like diverse tea place and you could get they had these um beautiful like see-through cases yeah and they would show off all their different teas yeah and then they would put it together with you from like a big bag that they put out oh they had this specialty oolong there that i haven't been able to find anywhere else where you would look at it and instead of looking like leaves it almost looked like 
like compact irregular pebbles right and it was like the most deeply caffeinated oolong i've ever tried it was right. like their special like wake up blend or whatever right and i got so addicted to it uh, they sold they sold also like really cool like um the kettles and the the cups and everything mm-hmm. yeah it was, it everything. was like a legit legit tea place like yeah. if you were into tea david's tea was just like here's some popular stuff for your grandmother yeah but this place was like legit. Yeah. Like, are you a tea? Do you, are you interested in learning about teas? Are you interested yeah. in trying all these different teas? You went to this place. Yeah. Anyways, long story short, uh, the guy who ran the place, mm-hmm. it was like a partnership between uh, someone who like had another job. They're like a lawyer right. or, or an accountant or something, and someone who was like really into tea. Right. And the person who was really into tea, sadly, like they they are not able to like uh take the business in the direction they wanted so they sold their share to the person who had the other job yes and for whom this was a side gig right and so as you can tell from the direction the story's going yeah (laughs) it inevitably did not work at one point it was just gone yeah but before that there was a lot of floundering and a lot of struggling i think they they tried to like they cut back on the really cool teas and tried to just get like more popular quote-unquote popular brands and then um the final blow was when they were like, "Oh, we want to we want to expand. This location isn't isn't enough for us." And we were like, "Hey, there's a spot near Concordia. It's a really small storefront. It wouldn't be it wouldn't work for anything other than a tea place. It's right there. We pass by it right. all the time. You, you should definitely check it out. You would never run out of business. <laughs> and I assure you, I assure you, all all your sales would go up. Inevitably, they did not. They did not take our advice. The, probably the money wasn't there in the first place." But of course, a couple months later, mm-hmm. a tea place moved into that location and it's still there. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's doing very That could very have been well. us. I mean, look, so many of these experiences though, like I feel like especially if you're the type of person who actually goes to small businesses, talks to owners, mm-hmm. gets to know how these things work, I feel like if someone gave us like a lump sum, we probably could you know. I guess. I don't know. I mean, maybe we were just lucky, and but yeah, that one seemed like a no-brainer, especially since it was Concordia. That one and, makes like, me angry every time because I've tried that tea place, and yeah. no offense, it's a very good tea place. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. uh, like, let me tell you straight up, if you want a good tea place, it is a good tea place, but yeah. it is not tea bar. No, it's no tea bar. It is not tea bar. It is not the place that I would have wanted. Right. And that I miss all the time, and it frustrates me to think that it could be there right, right. now, but yeah. Um, so keeping sort of in that area, um, I used to go and get my comics from Library Astro, which was sort of down the street from the Faubourg we just mentioned. And, um, this was my first comic shop and I guess kind of my last, because I didn't, um, I had a, I had a pull list there and I didn't transfer it anywhere else when they closed. But, um, and there were a couple other comic shops in the area, but this was the one where I felt the most comfortable and I wasn't saying, it's not to say that the other shops were like rude to me or anything. It was just that like, it just had kind of like a homey vibe. It was like a dirty, kind of like comfortable. Right. They would have like classic rock playing and they were nice. Like yeah. the, the guy who was usually there was really nice to me. Yeah. He gave me recommendations. He didn't have like that kind of like gatekeeper vibe that yeah. some some people who run comic stores can have. Yeah. I feel like nobody was looking over your shoulder to make sure you didn't pocket something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was very... It was just comfortable. It was, yeah. like, it was like half comic book store and half used bookstore. And so it had a bit more of like a, a more varied clientele. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, it was just fine. And I would sometimes I would just go in there and browse and it felt like kind of a safe space, you yeah. know? Yeah. And like and I, there weren't like a whole lot of other women going, to, going in there at the yeah. time. Like this was just like as comics were picking up speed as more of like a mainstream medium. Yeah, yeah. 
But I, I still felt okay. Like, it wasn't weird to me. No, and it was also, like, this is where I used to buy my magic cards. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he had this, like, place in the back with, like, all these folders, like, binders and binders and binders of them. And the best part was, like, again, it just it felt really different because he'd just be like, you want to look through the binders? Here. And <laughs> then he'd just, like, walk away. And I'd be like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> that's super chill of you. And, yeah. like, just thanks for presuming I'm not going to be a, you know. Yeah. Thanks. That's nice. And but- I don't. I can't remember exactly when they moved, when like they were supposed to have initially come in there. I remember looking at their website, and there was a note on their website being like, "Yeah, I know this site might not run well if you still have dial-up." And I was like, well, "How old is this website?" And so they've been they had been there a long time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, unfortunately, they had to close. I think it was like a property tax situation. Like they couldn't keep up. Things are getting so expensive in the city. Well, a lot of area is being bought up, especially around Concordia and being like fancied up a little, but not in really a sustainable way, especially around the Atwater area as well. They've kind of like redone that whole area and it looks different, but it still still kind of has that like Atwatery vibe. But that's the story I hear from a lot of, again, I guess you're right. I do hear it from a lot. I do talk to a lot of owners. <laughs> you do. But that's the story I hear from a lot of owners mm-hmm. is basically like their taxes have gone up. Their yeah. rent has gone up. They can't do it. They just yeah. can't do it. And it's okay. But I, I just have a hard time understanding like how an empty storefront is a benefit to anybody. Yeah. You know? I mean, and that's happened to a lot of neighborhoods. Is they're yeah. mostly empty storefronts now. Yeah. yeah. Like, so you boosted the rent, but you know, yeah. who's, who's using it? Yeah. Um, and so I guess we're kind of moving west. <laughs> so if you kept walking west from Astro, this was like our, our daily shuffle or weekly shuffle around that area. You kept walking west from Astro down St. Catherine yeah. and you would wind up at... Melange. Melange Magique. Which I, I miss terribly. Um, so it was obviously a magic store. I hope obviously <laughs> from the title. I guess a lot of people probably don't mm. speak French, but yeah, it was essentially like the magical blend, yeah. I guess is this English name. Yeah. And um, it was a magic store. Like it, a magic with like a K. <laughs> yeah, like not like... <laughs> like occult magic. Not card tricks, yeah. not, not like you flip the wand, there's going to be flowers. It was like, it was an occult store. Yeah. And so you could buy everything from incense to books. And it was just really, really cool if for no other reason than to browse. Um, like you didn't have to really be into it. It was very welcoming. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. It didn't have that kind of like specialist, uh, yeah. you know, like... What are you into? No, it was just, it was very welcoming. It was very welcoming to people who were just casually interested as well as people who were like, yeah. you know, really interested. And I think the thing for us is it, like, it was a larger store mm-hmm. and it was up some stairs. And so we would go up there and it would feel like, like a bit calmer because it would be down from like kind of like a yelly kind of right. boisterous street. There was like a restaurant, there was like a, like a bar and grill yeah. like downstairs. So it'd be like a whole different atmosphere by the time you came up. <laughs> and it was just nice between classes to like smell some incense oils mm-hmm. or whatever. And like, I don't know, just walk- there's, there's always a cat there, tequila. Yeah. Um, there were two doves living there for a while. Yep. It was just comfortable. They had a nice little reading space too, yeah. which was super cool of them. They had teas as well. Sometimes mm-hmm. they'd give you some tea. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was kind of one of those spaces that I, I know there are magic stores, but they tend to be very I don't know the ones that we we know of tend to be very kind of small and they don't have like a sitting space. Well, there's only one main one now that people still go to is uh, Charme Sortilège, which is up in right. the plateau, which right. we, which we go to because it's the only place of its right. kind that we can really get to. Right. But that's quite small, yeah. and there really isn't room to browse or hang out much right. at all. It's really it's basically like someone's living room. <laughs> well, I feel like this is one of those things where definitely the internet is responsible for yeah. this. <laughs> and I think Melange still exists online. You can still order from them online. Of course, yeah. 
But I really miss having that space. Well, the thing that I guess maybe some of the listeners who aren't from around here are are having a hard time understanding is why we keep going to places. (laughs) But let me tell you something. During the winter, like... The, the campuses downtown, they're really spread out. It's not Concordia, one, yeah. Like McGill, you can stay in the McGill area. Sure, yeah. But okay. Concordia is basically a couple main buildings, and then all the classes are above restaurants and like in office buildings right. and just sort of spread out. And they can be like several streets apart. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, it's very, the downtown campus is very spread They can be a walk. And so during the dead of winter, when mm-hmm. it's really cold and really dark, you tend to duck into places just to like break up the walk right. <laughs> a little bit. Exactly. And um, so, yeah, essentially a lot of these places were kind of like sanctuaries, little sanctuaries exactly, in yeah. the middle of a snowstorm. Yeah. If you didn't want to go home and talk to your roommates, you could yeah, stay out. Exactly. And so like Melange really occupied that space for me because having having the seats there and just being able to hang out with animals, that was yeah. another great thing. Being able to actually hang out with animals between classes. That's true. Yeah. Have that a little chat with tequila. So Have a little talk to the, the doves. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> it was so therapeutic. And it, and it was just like, okay, like you had a stressful class and you wanted to decombobulate. That was a beautiful place to do it. And yeah. You get hit with incense, a sample of tea, and a and cat. And it was all very reasonable too. Like I don't, nothing was really that expensive. No. We like accumulated a bunch of perfume oils and stuff just in yeah. like in different kinds of incense blends yeah. and stuff and it yeah. wasn't like it wasn't pretentious it was like oh yeah three bucks for a little bag yeah. of powdered it, incense or whatever it was super cool because they had an apothecary there that would mix it for you yeah exactly so you'd just be like okay here's what i'm looking for or yeah. like you're the sense i'm interested in or maybe they just even have like a house formula that they'd offer you and it's they really had cool. um, an incense blend called success which was right. yellow right i don't know what went into it but it was my favorite smell for the longest time it was like a very woody sawdusty kind of overall smell so you'd say it was a success it was a success <laughs> i really liked it i miss it so much yeah I that's wish I had known what went into it. But I mean, that's the thing. I think, again, like you can probably get more stuff online and it's probably the reason that these places have closed. But there's just the the actual visiting element, the actual... Mm-hmm. It, it provides so much more than than just the product. Yeah. And especially if you're if you're a nose-based person like me, <laughs> it's just a good... It was a good place to go. <laughs> or you really needed to pet an animal. <laughs> really needed to pet a cat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the doves are cool to hang out with too. That's true. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that was Melange. Long live Melange. <laughs> <laughs> this, this episode is making me sad. There's still plenty of places we love to go to. It's just that, like, you know, I wish these places had gone a couple more years. But you mentioned something to me. that You mentioned that you, you foresee, like, the return of the small of the small personalized business at some point. Yeah, you know? I mean, because theoretically you can get anything you need on Amazon, but mm. you have to know what you want first. Right. You know? And if you, in general, know you want kind of something... It makes more sense to actually go into a store and talk to some nice people and mm-hmm. have some tea and then buy the thing that, like, you didn't know you wanted, you know? Right. But which is actually a nice fit and it's in a whole experience. Right. And, yeah, especially, I think, with bookstores. Like, small bookstores have, like, I think, dug an even deeper niche now than they ever had before. Because mm. people are looking for that atmosphere. Well, I do miss I do miss the ability to browse books because when I go on Amazon, I'm usually looking up recommendations that I've heard. Exactly, you already you already it's a targeted search. Exactly, you know? yeah. I I do miss the ability to s- discover something new yeah. on my own, and that's yeah, that's actually kind of something I haven't thought about. But yeah, I do miss that. A lot. You know, when you were in London, I can't remember the name of the store, but you went to a really really old occult bookstore. Yeah. I, I forgot the name. I'll put it in the description. But um, there are these two ladies working there who knew everything you were taught, everything you yes, asked about. They yeah. had like knowledge and facts yeah. and recommendations. And they were on it. And it was cool because they were actually able to guide me to books that I didn't know existed. Right, exactly. And that's, that's the other cool thing, being like, hey, I, I'm just kind of interested in astrogeomancy. Yeah. Uh, you got anything on that? And it was like, 
really nifty to actually get a recommendation that I didn't hear from someone's podcast yeah. or from like a <laughs> message board. Like or, us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I do foresee maybe it coming. I do see all these places as coming back to fill a need, but only if the rent goes down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the trouble. Yeah. I mean, speaking of which, we, we lost a restaurant we really liked, and I think for, for similar reasons. Yeah, so at our previous apartment, um, so yeah, even smaller kitchen situation than what we have now. Yeah. And um, yeah, we had this place near us called Copley, mm-hmm. um, which was directly across from the metro station, and it opened yeah. really early in the morning. Yeah. And like, so you would be staying up all night, and then to conclude your night, you would run out and get some breakfast for both of us. Yeah, I'd take a walk. Yeah. <laughs> 4 a.m. I remember this all being in the snow. I feel like our peak Copley consumption was like the middle of the winter. And what you would usually get from me, it would be a, like a sandwich, like two toasted slices of bread, um, bacon, tomato, lettuce, um, eggs, yeah. and hot sauce. Yeah. Which is a very basic breakfast sandwich, I guess. But the way they put it together was just mwah, like chef kiss. Just yeah. like, and you'd have it waiting in the fridge for me, and yeah. I'd have some of that as I started working. And it was still good cold. It I don't was know still what they good did. cold. I don't know what they did there. Yeah, it was eggs like, cold are the most disgusting. I think the hot sauce saved it, and that was like your recommendation. Yeah. But it was so good. Yeah. And you'd go in there, actually. You would go in and get two breakfasts for yourself. And eat them. Eat them there, there yeah. And then bring me back some yeah. breakfast. And, um, and it wasn't the only location for this place. There's a bunch of them. But I had heard from the owner that they were uh, they had once been one big business and then right. split. There, there had been a schism. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not the same. Uh, yeah. It's not the same as far as I know. It could be. And that know, location closed down. And for a while, we went to another location. But it mm-hmm. wasn't really the same idea. No, but I, I like that's one thing we're really missing right now is like a good greasy breakfast place. Yeah, because yeah. like sure we can get like a fast food breakfast or a Starbucks breakfast, but like just that good like you need that grease in your soul a little bit some yeah. mornings, you know. But I, I feel like it's gotten kind of sad because people want like if I go downtown for instance, the two biggest places I see open in the morning are coffee places mm-hmm. like standardized coffee shops, not yeah. not personal little coffee shops standardized coffee shops and smoothie places yeah so you get your like i don't know if a buckwheat <laughs> buckwheat juice yeah. for the morning and so i, I feel like yeah it's kind of hard you've become very self-conscious maybe a greasy yeah maybe the time for the greasy spoon breakfast place is mm, uh gosh it's not the optimal time for that right now i feel like especially where we're living right now there just aren't enough diner places and mm. not like a like a reconstructed diner where it's cool and there's no, like, like a genuine, fancy sausage yeah. i mean like a diner diner you yeah. know because the last one that everyone really loved was Moe's right. near Atwater. That right. one was open all night. That closed too. Ugh. And it's just like, what are you going to do without Moe's and their Grand Slam? Like, oof. Well, it's been a while since I've been up to Coates St. Luke, but man, I remember genuine diners where you get like chopped liver and onions. Oh, it's yeah. Like, Damn, yeah. Hit me up with that <laughs> old man supper. Just take yes. 10 minutes off my life. I want it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm a little tired of high concept, you know? Oh, yeah, of course. Like, I just, I, I, I miss just, like, a nice food place. Yeah. You know, and it wouldn't have to have, like, monstera leaves hanging everywhere and, like, yeah. copper appliances, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, there's something to be said for just genuine home cooking done by someone who's been doing it for 30 years. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, comfort food is called comfort food for a reason. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's how it's been. We've we've lost some places we love. There are still some things we love that are still out there. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what the lesson of this podcast is, except, like, support local businesses. If you love a place, keep going to it. I mean... Yeah. Well, I mean, we did. <laughs> we did. That's the thing. Like, we did everything we could. Yeah. But, um, 
We yeah, could. I don't know. I mean, it's like you have to enjoy things while they're there, I guess. Yeah. Or I guess the, the real lesson is like when you get a chance, <laughs> <laughs> open your own. I don't know. Open your own. I don't know. I don't know. I do. I do hope. I do hope that you're right, and I do hope that the personal touch is something people will miss enough in the coming years yeah. to demand it. Because I feel like right now it, these things have have been disappearing, but they aren't fully gone, and they haven't been gone long enough for people to like miss them terribly. Mm-hmm. I think the convenience of of modern life right now is overshadowing, mm-hmm. you know, what you were getting from these places. But I think over time, nostalgia might kick in. Yeah. And we might start realizing what we lost. And I hope that happens. For sure. I, I mean, these I things are this. always cyclical, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to take it to our shout outs? Yeah, sure. Sure. You, uh, you go first. Okay. So I discovered a uh, really cool YouTube channel. It's called Japanese Cooking 101 with uh, uh, Yuko and Noriko. And there are these two Japanese ladies who make really quick, simple dishes. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, uh, during our cooking podcast, I got a Japanese cookbook mm-hmm. and I was using that the last couple of weeks exploring. I think you it. can, you can describe it as extra. It's a bit extra. <laughs> like it's a bit like you have, you don't bruise the leaves. It's, like it's, it's just... Morimoto. He's the iron chef. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's like beyond, mm-hmm. beyond a legend. But in my kitchen, I'm sorry. I don't, I, I can't. Yeah. I, just, I don't have that kind of. <laughs> I just, I can't. So I started looking for um, like simpler packs. Mm-hmm. And then I, I found Japanese Cooking 101, which is like just the simple, delicious home cooking version of right. a lot of the stuff in the Morimoto book. And uh, it's it's worked better for me, I yeah. find, than that cookbook. I'm sure that cookbook works fine for a lot of people. But for my kitchen and for my needs, uh, Yuko and Noriko have provided way better. Their stuff better. is like like really flavorful, though. Yeah. It's not, there's like, it's it's immediately a nice recognizable flavor. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like, mm, I have to sit here and analyze the flavor profile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there's no uh, one and a quarter yeah, uh, like <laughs> teaspoon, teaspoon yeah. of anything. I'm sorry, that quarter teaspoon. Not like, gonna do anything. Maybe for your palate, but not mine. <laughs> but uh, Japanese Cooking 101, I highly, highly recommend it. It's super quick. The recipes are usually like three minutes long, right. and it's just it's wonderful. Like the videos are like three minutes long. You don't need more than that, and it's it's fantastic. I have two this week. Um, for one really small one, I had to get some blood drawn a little more than a week ago. And um, it was one of the situations where, if you're squeamish, maybe skip ahead like one minute. Um, she was trying to find a vein in my arm and it was taking a while. And I was like, oh God, she's going to have to do it like three times. And I'm not like super squeamish about needles, but it sucks, you know. And um, and she went in like a samurai. Like, I didn't feel it at all. And then she called me brave afterwards. And I was like, I, how can I be brave? I didn't feel it at all. Just like one clean cut <laughs> like, and that's it. You know how talented you have to be to do that? So I was super impressed and also that compliment of me being tough carried me through like three days. <laughs> it was like all I needed even though she was probably just being nice. But um, So yeah, big thanks to that lady. Um, and then another shout out to um, the lady who runs the Dep near us. Um, she has the most beautiful Dep ever. It's full of plants and she has tons of recommendations about how to take care of your plants. And she's really nice to us. Normally we just go in and get ice, but she'll like have a little conversation with us. And if she has like a spare bouquet hanging around, she'll be like, here, take this bouquet. And we'll be like, oh, thank you. And I'll like always want to cry. And <laughs> anyway, we, we, we love her a lot and we really appreciate having her in the neighborhood. Pretty much like avoid going to other depths. Yeah, just... we make sure we go to her and I try to get a lot of my plants from her. Yeah. So yeah, as you can tell, I'm like getting a little plant crazy this week, I think because winter is setting in and I'm just like trying to fend off. Right those winter vibes. But I think maybe we're going to have to have a plant podcast. 
I don't know anything about that. I, I don't know how we're going to structure it, but we're going to have to talk about plants at some point, or else I'm just going to burst. I'm going to burst into green spores. I guess I'll, I'll talk about vegetables. Could I? Oh, that's a plant. <laughs> uh, we'll get back on you guys about that one. Um, but I guess that'll do it for us for the week. Uh, yeah, that's that's it for me. Cool. So thanks so much for listening. Uh, yeah, and hopefully you'll tune in next time. And this has been I Don't Know What to Tell You. And We love you very much. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.